Hello and welcome to The Wise Wire this lovely Friday morning. I am joined by Tim Weaver, the brand weaver, and I absolutely, I don't know where this is going to go. I genuinely, <laughs> we, we met, we talked, we didn't stop laughing, and I'm still laughing now. Uh, so really, honestly, enough about me. Brand weaver. Good <laughs> morning. <laughs> How's it going, Kirsty? Are you well? I am actually. I'm really looking forward to uh, going. Do you know, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to Christmas. I'm looking forward to the holidays, and I'm looking forward to not working. <laughs> Dude, I'm right up there with you. I think Christmas time is my favourite time because it, it, most people stop. Right? You know, you can take a summer holiday or an Easter break, but you've got other people working and things around you. But Christmas is a complete stop, and everyone goes. Finally, let's relax and let's get lost in those random days between the 25th and New Year's Day as well. No one knows what on earth's going on. But at least you're all in this wonderful magic of calm and serenity, at least in my opinion, um, until it goes mental in the new year again. So tell me, because uh, nobody knows, I know you. And what I, one of the things uh, someone was asking me about you, and I said, well, I'm quite corporate with what I do. And then... Tim's the other side, and actually what's really lovely is we meet in the middle, and what we can create together is really powerful. So I'd like you to explain about your branding, what you do, and, and your journey, how you got to where you are, because it's absolutely fascinating. That's, that's a big old can of worms to open up, but we've got a bit of time, so let's let's dive on in. Um, so yeah, introductions, that's probably normally how you start one of those things, and I dived in straight saying how I like the gap between Christmas and New Year. Uh, I am Tim, I am the owner and founder of the Brand Weaver Agency. They're a strategy, design, and consultancy agency based in, in, in wonderful Buckinghamshire. Uh, we work with the likes, well, disruptors, or those who want to be a little bit more edgy, a bit more rebellious in their marketing, and well, mainly their branding. And that might be uh, tattoo-related paraphernalia, um, barbecues, drinks and spirits, beers and spirits, you know, the comic books, all, all that wonderful stuff. Um, so that's, that's a little bit of background about the brand weaver. And it was set up just coming up to a year ago now, um, my personal journey was I was a creative director of an agency for 14, nearly 15 years. Um, and, and the agency was very niche. Like they, they were awesome. We had an amazing team. It was a team of around about 60 people, worked all over the globe, um, but only working with the independent school market. And so I would rub shoulders with the headmaster of Harrow or Repton or Harbour Westlake out in the USA, um, which, as I can see you grinning there, it's not me. I'm the guy who's got tattoos and beard and ear piercings versus this very high caliber alpha male, a uh, very different kind of person. And after that time, I went, yeah, it was great. It was great. I, I saw the world. I had wonderful experiences. I grew a phenomenal team. But it was kind of my golden handcuffs in a way. And I, I, I took a pause and I went, well, I could carry on doing this. I love the team I work with. Um, the work has reached a point. I've done it. Um, what do I do? And it was the only logical, almost fulfilling step was to start something of my own, my own baby, which was, of course, the brand weaver. And, dude, I've not looked back. It has been a phenomenal year meeting incredible, beautiful, talented people such as your fine self uh, <laughs> and many other people. And, and it's just been glorious. Loving the compliment. And I'm just going to turn around and say, we started this uh, live 
perfectly because you started the conversation, you planted the seed. We were going to talk about branding, but actually we talked about Christmas. So we've done the t typical thing of hooking the customer in. So I'm going to turn around and say, nailed it. Boom. <laughs> because that's what you do, right? You're not just, it's not, people always think of branding and they think of colors. They think of the logo, the colors, and they get, they forget actually branding is a lot more than that. And I wondered if you could, rather than me on my soapbox, I thought you could explain it. <laughs> I'd be happy to, and I'd love to. Um, tell me to <clears throat> tell me to slow down if I need to, because I get carried away and quite emotional in a in a positive sense about this. Um, but in my mind, branding is not your logo. Okay, a logo is this wonderful thing that sits at the end of the process. Uh, it's a visual identity. A brand. Uh, one of the most famous phrases is the brand or your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room, and so. A brand is you kind of your your language, how you talk, what you say, your touch points. It is this full experiential approach ultimately, and a logo or a color is merely an addition to that. It is part of the puzzle. It is by no means the whole puzzle and whole picture. And I think one of the big reasons I moved away from the agency is that it was obviously very niche, but equally, sorry, I've got. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Equally, it was very um, one way. So the, the heads of the schools, would they would have a vision. They knew what they wanted to bring to life for their brand, but they weren't really considering other aspects of the market. As the brand weaver, I, I feel it's so important to work with what I like to call brand alchemy. There are like these three elements that you must combine in any which way in order to create a successful brand. And naturally, that is what you are awesome at. Um, but equally important, what your audience is looking for. Genuinely, why do they come to you? What, why do they use your service, your product? And then the third part is your competition, because you don't want to be <clears throat> you don't want to be the same as your competition by any means. But you need to know what they're saying, what they're doing, so you stand out from them. And it's within that wonderful triangle, that brand alchemy, that a brand can manifest, and it becomes purpose, mission, vision, values, brand messages. Uh, touch points, content. <clears throat> it's just this wonderful bucket of lovely, lovely brandy stuff, which doesn't even have a logo attached to it yet. Um, and there you go. Perfect. Thank you. I love it. Do you need a glass of water? <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at my bottle going, yeah, I'll be okay. <laughs> go for it. Um, thank you, because that's where we, we met and we started talking and it was like, oh my, yes, yes, yes. And it's really important. I think People get so caught up thinking, I've got to get my branding sorted, and yet they haven't fixed the back stuff. And yeah, you, I, I always say that I do the icing on the cake, but actually I do a lot more than that. I do a real in-depth strategy to make sure that what you say is actually what you do, and it will communicate and connect with your audience. And you know, on a personal note, I rebranded the YouTube channel, and the first person you saw that was you, because I wanted to stand out, and I looked at all the thumbnails on there and they were all looking, they were good and they're great and they, they get that clickbait. But I needed something that was like me, but softer so that when you come to mine, and a friend of mine described it as, I come to your branding and I go, ah, oh, I can breathe. And of course, for me, the most important thing that I'm talking about is controlling your breath. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. And that's why I love working with you. <laughs> you know, I've really got to say it. I love it because that's where 
the symbiosis really comes in. Mm. And it You're a deep breath and I'm a rocket up the bum, ultimately. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm the Tasmanian devil. Surely everyone knows how fast I am. Have you met me? <laughs> I meant more from a shock factor, like, oh, I didn't see that coming kind of thing, and now I'm sky high. I would go with that, yeah, definitely. You are definitely, and, and that's what I really love about it, is you've got this really strong brand identity. Mine's a little bit softer, but the key messages and the strap lines and everything that we talk about is absolutely uh, aligned, and that's where I think it's, it's really powerful. But enough about work. Enough about work. Oh, go on, I like it. I know you like it, but I want to talk about Tim the person. You know, you've got an agency in Buckinghamshire. You've been going about a year. You're, you're rocking it. Um, that's one of my phrases. Works with you as well. Uh, <laughs> so you left the agency. Mm. Where before the agency were you? What were you doing? Oh, okay, so I, I've always been a creative little monkey, um, you know, since, since I had hair, uh, which I don't now, hence I wear the cap, and that becomes part of the brand. Um, so since I was a young boy, um, I loved sketching, doodling. Uh, my mum was very proud when I won the first ever um, kind of kind of sidewalk painting competition in a local town. Uh, it was a rabbit. It wasn't that great. But, you know, a mother's love goes deep. So that's wonderful. Um, and then I got into music. I'm an extremely passionate musician. I love drumming. I've drummed for 25 years now. Um, and so... Uh, I, I joined bands, I played drums for metal bands, I toured Europe, we released CDs and albums. There's one that's actually just been re-released on Spotify, so people can check that out if they want to give me a shout later on. Um, and then being in a band, it was like the, the passion for creativity and art was amplified because not only do you create music, but you need merchandise, you need logos, you need a poster, you, you need a, a website or a MySpace page or whatever it was at that particular time. And I was like, great, let's give it a go. And so, you know, I've told many people that my career started because I managed to pirate Photoshop when I was like 16 years old. Don't come at me, Adobe. I pay my license now. I'm a good boy, I promise. Um, <laughs> but, you know, things like just playing and learning with that. I then went, oh, okay, so maybe I need a proper education. So university studied multimedia and all that. And during that time, and I've talked about it before, the most valuable thing that I did was I paired my university studies with a junior design role at an agency. So I did three days um, at uni, two days at the agency, which was phenomenal because it kind of skyrocketed my experience in terms of branding and design. And then left university, was still doing the band stuff as well, but obviously got into an agency and worked my way up from that point on, you know, junior design, mid, senior, creative director, jumped through a couple of agencies um, to, to make what I am now, which is the wonderful bearded boy uh, who likes to create beautiful things that stand out. But you know, just to kind of circle back on, on the job thing and what you're saying about we have the symbiosis, because um, I didn't want to leave it, is one of the really important things is the baseline is authenticity. You know, neither of us are here pretending to be something that we're not. I mean, in many cases, we might have turned up to 11 a certain aspect of our personality, but it is authenticity. So I genuinely am like this on camera and off, uh, you know, the, the same for yourself, right? You're just an awesome, chilled, calm, you know, woman <laughs> with a bit of Tasmanian flair to you. Um, and I think that's really, really important with the brand. It's authenticity because... 
people hate being sold to. They hate being marketed to. You know, the, the cheesy car salesman, it just makes everyone feel all icky. Um, and so that is what I think is a really valuable connecting thread uh, between you and I as well. So yeah, went off tangent, but let's come back again. No, but I think that's really, really true. I think there's a lot of people out there that think you have to sell. And I don't think, um, I'm going to say Stephen Taylor here. Um, he and I were having coffee one day, so he runs Frosto Engineering um, or Fire and Security Engineering. There's, there's a lot of, it's a great company. And um, we were talking and he one day he just said to me, from my old job at Hamwell, he went, you've never sold anything to me. And he, at this point, he was my, one of my most important customers. And I was like, oh, do you know what? I think you're right. Because I've always wanted to solve the problem. I've never wanted to sell anything. And yet I worked for many years in sales. Because for me, it was about, and I, we, we always talk about it sales uh, and marketing, but it's we're two of these. But so much of our life is spent with one of them covered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I talked about this with Anne a couple of weeks ago about active listening. And you know, as I'm listening to you now, I'm not looking at you, I'm listening to hear what you're saying and the authenticity. So I can actually have a conversation with you rather than having my own agenda. And I think that's how what we both and how we both approach with our customers. It's not our agenda, it's about the customer's problem. Massively, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, and this is like I said, it comes back to that triangle of, of branding. Like you have to listen. And if you're gonna do a job like you or I do, you're merely a conduit. You have to like evoke and, and just be a big old sponge, you know, for everything that you're being told. And if you're there sat with an ego going, oh, I already know the answer, it's fine. Blue, smashed it. See you later. Here's my check. It's not going to work. Like you've genuinely got to sit there and absorb it so you can do something really powerful with it. So you've talked about the career, you've talked about the music, you've talked about where you've been and how you've got and, and where you are today. Have there been many, and there will be, aha moments where you've gone, aha, or you've had that moment where you've gone, oh. <laughs> um, to, to tick off the oh situation, like I'm gonna be brutally honest, as the brand weaver, there hasn't been a head in hands oh moment. Um, and I think there are, there are a couple of reasons for that, but equally, I know that there will be one on the, on the horizon. Something will come. And almost knowing that something will happen has made me comfortable with that, or at least I, I feel comfortable with that. You never know, it might happen, and I'll be like, Kirsty, it's happened. It's all gone horribly wrong. Save me. Um, but until that point, I'm feeling pretty calm and chill about the whole thing. The, but on the positive side, the aha moments, um, I, I recorded a video about this the other day that I think going into the brand weaver, I, I did as much preparation as possible. Obviously, I'd learned so much on my journey leading up to that, had phenomenal mentors that I found online, met incredible people who were willing to help coach and provide advice. But you're still only ever going to be like, I don't know, 70 percent towards having a, a complete package until you're kind of out there and doing what you hope to do. And then it was those moments where people started to go, oh, that's interesting. Or, oh, I've never heard someone say something like that before. Or, oh, that's an interesting, oh, I've not seen it like that before. That the aha moments start to drop where I'm going, right, cool. These are things that I, I can start to take and maybe put that a little bit more emphasis on that piece or really drive those things through. Um, and equally, just coming back to authenticity and the power of brand, 
it is very much your vibe attracts your tribe and and I, it has worked for the brand weaver and i genuinely think it's been a phenomenal thing as i say i'm sat here loving metal music loving my barbecue covered in tattoos you know used to enjoy a drink and who do i work with now metal bands leading uk barbecue enthusiasts tattoo products uh, you know uh, breweries it's it's just phenomenal and there was no direct intent to go out there and work with these people but magically they they, they get pulled to you or you get pulled to them and i think that's absolutely right it it there was the rebrand that i did a year and a half ago and up to that point i just wasn't communicating properly i was and it was all there but it was very corporate uh, and i, I will yeah but that's because i've been in the corporate world and that was quite normal and then somebody grabbed me, Kayla, and went, what are you doing? And I remember <laughs> the question. So she did what I do to my clients. And it was like, ow, that really hurts. And she went, but you do this to your clients, so I'm not going to stop. And I remember thinking, this actually, it's quite pain. Sometimes it's a painful process because you've got to drop some of the stuff that you really, truly believe. And when you work with someone like you, you know that that, that, that dropping, that slothing, yeah, getting rid of it is really important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Got another question. Of course I have. Who's inspired you along the way? So many people. Like there, <clears throat> I talked about online mentors. There are phenomenal people. And I think actually COVID has, this has been one plus side of COVID that everyone has been so very forthcoming with providing value online through that time. And that was the, the transitional period as, as I start to build up the brand weaver. So there are incredible people online, like a gentleman called Mike Jander, uh, who used to run an agency, now runs the Jander Academy, uh, just providing so much value to agency owners because he's tread the boards and did massive things. Uh, you've got Made by James, who's a phenomenal brand um, designer, very open, very transparent about pricing models. Uh, there are so many people like obviously as soon as you get put on the on the spot and go name some people you go no i've forgotten them all <laughs> but i think from online there's a, a massive source of people but equally the networking side of things you you bump into people who will just give you little nuggets and you don't necessarily know how valuable those little nuggets are until you've taken them away and pondered on them a little bit as well so sitting down or a little connection or chatting about a particular problem just from other business owners are, are hugely inspirational. And I think if you then get onto a deeper level, you know, you've got kind of the, the maternal and paternal inspirations where my dad was self-employed. He always was, he always grafted. Uh, and I think that on, on a base level has kind of gone, well, that, that, that's fine. You do that. You know, you, I, I'm, I'm inspired by that from what he's gifted me, I suppose. So yeah, a, a whole host online, you know, real people, obviously real people are online as well. Digital like presences, physical presences and family. So is it a year you've been going? Uh, so it will be, so I started the brand weaver part-time in January. So this wow. is, yeah. So this is the, the, the story I, when I was transitioning out of the agency as creative director, I had a six month notice period. Um, which is it's a very long notice period, but equally, it just shows how very important I am that people don't 
get rid of me that easily. Um, but the owner, director, Mr. Simon Noakes, was a phenomenal guy. And, and equally, talk about mentors. He's someone who coached me for many, many years and gave me a lot of skills that I now bring to the table as the brand weaver. Um, so we came to the agreement that I would work full time for three months and then stretch out that final three months as part time. So I would then mentor and coach my, one of my seniors into the creative director role, which he's doing incredibly well at now. He's still there. So, well, I mean, it's only been a year, so I'm glad he's still there. Otherwise, we would have really done a terrible job. Um, and then, yeah, so as of January, I started to transition out two days for Brand Weaver, then three days and then full time Brand Weaver. And here we are coming to the end of December. Wow. So what's your biggest thing, the biggest thing you either learned or you've been your biggest challenge in your first year? Oh, there, there's there's a lot. Um, <laughs> what, so, oh, okay, where do we start? The, the first one, like I said, I'm so, so happy that I've tested and proved that your vibe attracts your tribe for me. I think that has been incredibly powerful. Um, another one is just knowing you don't know everything and you do not have everything knuckled down. Like I can imagine the other people or some people might go into the industry, into the branding world or design or anything visual or anything that has some kind of an identity and they've got an ego. It's like, no, I know how to do this. They've got a big wafty scarf and they kind of make grunty noises. And, you know, it's the kind of archetypal um, creative director who just goes, mm -hmm. um, but you can't do that, right? You have to go, I'm here to learn. I'm here to be a sponge. I'm here to be educated by people who have done this. So you have to remain open. Uh, I think communication has been such an essential part of where I've got to so far and not having those head in hands moments, you know, to the point of over communicating with everyone that I work with being so very organized. Yeah, you know, I've been told I'm, you know, the brand we were is a unicorn in that respect, because we're an organized set, you know, organized designer kind of thing, which you don't normally get. So I'm told I'm sure there's many of you out there. If you're there, if you're listening, I don't mean to offend. Um, so I think some of those are some of the, the key things that I've gone, right, okay, this is good. Oh, and the other one, marketing. That stuff's weird, right? Like, you, you go out there going, right, you have to market yourself. You have to sell your agency. And I'm, right, okay, how do we do that? Well, you've got cold calling. You've got warm leads. You've got social ads. Oh, you've got to create content every two seconds. Uh, you've got to do long form. You've got to do short form content. Uh, you have to have uh, lead magnets. You have to do face-to-face -face networking. You need a networking strategy. I'm going, blimey. All right, and we do it all. Brand Weaver does it all, but we're not sat here going, well, that one thing worked really, really well. We can double down on that. Because you get like little threads from each of them. And so that that kind of really frustrates me when I see people online going, we gained 10,000 followers in just under two weeks by doing this one simple thing. And I'm like, toffee, did you? Absolute <laughs> empty. <laughs> Sorry, thank you for that one. Absolutely, and you're right. Um, I love that last bit because I think about, I put a post up this week where I have got 70 plus videos which are tips and tricks on YouTube. There are 72, in fact more than that, it's like 98, nearly 100. Then there's 72 now episodes of The Wise Why. There are six lead magnets. There's three online courses coming. There are 17 blogs. There's then all the content on social media and someone said to me, why do you do it all? And it's like, well, because I get things from everyone. And my last video I put out was all about the impressions because a lot of my clients don't even like or comment. They then pick up the phone and go, 
of the following of two years. Yeah. And it's it, then you get these people who shut down the lens. You can we can convert you. You can this. We're selling you this course. My, my course doesn't do this. We're going to sell you this course, and you are going to then be a success. You're going to be a millionaire overnight. I can do the voice. Do you like that? And you're like, I'm sold. Why do I sign up? Yeah, it's like no, that's total poppy something. I'm not going to say that. It's just twaddle, and it is. It's those marketing marketeers that drive me nuts. Mm. So no, that's not how marketing works. Works or not from my point of view, and I don't think from yours either, does it? <laughs> no, it's it's about being like you say, it's top of mind, isn't it? Really, and you, there's the statistic that ninety percent of your audience are not in the position to work with any, you know, with you when you're putting that content out. But rightly so, like you say, you do not know who's been watching you for a year, for two years, and finally that moment has come along where they've gone oh of course now is time i've really wanted to work with kirsty for a long time i wanted to work with the brand weaver for a long time and guys it, now is the opportunity and you've just got to be there you've got to continue to give value not in a way that you go well by me putting this out there i'm immediately going to get something back like, i actually really enjoy it now where i've got friends and people who go oh hey branditos which is kind of how i like start my videos when i start talking and they're going, oh, it's phenomenal. It's, it's awesome to see you. I've got some friends who go, dude, I'm fed up with it. Leave it out. I was like, well, don't follow the brand we Follow my personal account, which is far more boring. Um, but it's nice. Like, it's great because you know that brand piece is working. The personal yeah. brand is and the whole agency is coming to life. Launching this was the craziest, not, sorry, that's a bad word. Bad use the word there. So I'm trying to be really good at not using negative words. So we all use them. So it was off the wall for me to launch a podcast because I always said I wouldn't and yet it's one of the best decisions I ever made and the amount of people who watch this and then will I'll, I'll go somewhere and they're like love your podcast but I'm not even aware that they've actually genuinely watched it because they haven't liked it because they don't want to be seen and this is what people forget you're putting out the content it takes 15 months minimum to churn social media but the people who really like what you do don't necessarily want to be seen themselves. And so they're not going to like, they're not going to comment because they're where you were two years ago where they didn't like, you didn't like, well, I hated social media two, three years ago. I certainly didn't think I'd do the content I do now. In fact, I can remember saying to Lynn Woodgate, I'm coming off social media. And then three months later, I launched a business and launched on social media and she went, I thought you were coming off it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the way to look at it, or one like an analogy is, if you think about a classroom setting and the teacher at the front is a piece of content, be it a blog, a podcast, a piece of Instagram content or photo video, whatever it might be. And you then have a classroom of say 30 kids, you have 30 students, three or four of them might raise their hand. They might interact with that teacher. Then you've got another, I don't know, 15 of them. This is where I'm trying to do quick maths. It could go horribly wrong. Help me, Kirsty, if you've got a calculator. 15 of them are just there quietly listening and taking it on board. And then the remaining ones are the ones who genuinely aren't interested and not listening. So actually, there's that middle gap in the classroom who are there intently listening, noting it down, but they're not interacting with the teacher. Much like you say, your audience may not be interacting with your content. It doesn't mean they're not listening. Brilliant. So this is where the tables turn. And you've been, uh, I've been having you in the hot seat for 27 and a half minutes and you get to turn around and ask me a question. So fill your boots and I will do my best to answer. Okay, so my little firecracker, here we go. Um, 
I, because I, I've got obviously my own strong feelings about what people say, and I go, I disagree with that. I think it can be done other ways. But is there a, like a, a common piece of advice in the industry that, in our industry, that you disagree with, and, and, and why? You know, some of the people go, well, that's gospel. It's got to be done. But you're like, no, that's not the way. So I'm going to talk about um, video marketing, okay? Because everyone says you've got to go on camera. And I'm going to tell you, no, you don't. There are thousands of different ways of making content. In fact, um, AI, LinkedIn, it wrote a video, to, a, a, a blog a couple of, last week. And it's about, a, it was written by AI and it was written about video marketing. And I got angry. And I had to really, really pull back my response. You do not need to spend a fortune on video marketing. You will spend, um, if you want to work with a videographer, minimum of £500 a day. If you want to work with someone like me on top that's going to create it and direct it, you're looking at between 500 and 750 on top. So you're looking, if you want to really build a proper video marketing campaign that is professional and shiny and out there, you, you're looking at a budget between 1250 and 1500 maybe £2 a day, depending if you're bringing in actors. But 90% of people can create video content for free, <laughs> for without, without even captioning it. Um, they can transcript it. You can put it out on a social media blog. You can do all of this stuff for free, and it can be done on your mobile phone, and you don't have to overthink it, and you certainly don't need to lose, learn a script. And it is a bugbear of mine where people go out there and tell everybody, you've got to do it this way. And I'm going to tell you now that Little Wheels didn't, and they are not seen on camera, and yet their TikTok is monetized. So well done, guys. Loved working with you. Really proud of what you've done. So that's my bugbear, is where people jump on and tell you how to do camera, how to go and speak and do video marketing, and get it completely, I can't swear, get it completely wrong. And my favorite bit is this is where they're going, I'm going to shout down the camera lens of you. And it really, really, as soon as I see it, I just get annoyed so please please also the other thing with video marketing is know your audience mm. if you're not speaking and you're not selling to america don't do an american uh video think about who you are actually speaking to think about who's going to work with you really put yourself in your audience shoes but start by thinking about the end game what your thumbnail title is going to be what your title is going to be and work backwards and now i'm not going to post that video on uh, youtube because you asked me the question that i videoed this morning oh I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't. This is that's. It's really important to me. The, this is. It's why I set up, because I got so annoyed, or why I bought in the, the video marketing side of the business, because I got so annoyed at people being told how to do it, but actually nobody really listened to somebody who is camera shy, mm. somebody who doesn't want to go on camera. You don't have to be seen. There are other ways and. Um, Get in touch because I will help you, but without the plug. But it really, really does. <laughs> so yes, that is my bugbear: is somebody who tells you how you have to do this because yeah. you no such thing as have to. <laughs> also, kind of like you're saying about the the professional shot videos. Actually, if they're done overly professional, then that is also a put off for some audience members, right? As well, you know, we talk about authenticity. And you look at some of the videos with the highest engagement and that content they get engagement. And it's just someone openly and honestly talking down the camera at you versus this highly polished, you know, piece that they, they spent thousands on. Um, it, it's all about the market and what you're aiming to do, I suppose. 
Well, I think it's it's important. I mean, if you think about Instagram, you think about the sponsored adverts that come through. You're going through your feed and you see sponsored. How many times do you like that? Because I now know if I've liked something and it's sponsored, I will unlike it. Mm-hmm. I've delivered. If I've clicked something, like, oh, that's good, and then I've realised it's sponsored, I actually unlike it because um, I want. I, I'm a big thing about organic marketing, and unless it's really good and it's really rocking it and it really I don't want to like it because I know that they've got huge amounts of budget and actually social media and I really and I know the big brands have to come onto it I really do but this is where the little guys can compete mm. so get it's off just it it's not that easy on foot like like you say you're a big fan of the organic stuff but uh, you know the the algorithms out there to to fight against you you've, you've really got to keep at it yeah as yeah. we were saying it's that consistency and not being defeated by the idea that you've only got a couple of comments or a few likes on it because the right people are seeing it and that's the important thing i think it's yeah. the case of going you know who would you prefer like a an audience of one million but you know five of them are listening or an audience of 500 but they're waiting on every word that you say like that's the genuine people that you want to talk to and they're your tribe right those are the people you want to work with those are the people you're going to get the warm and fuzzies about so stick with those cool cats you don't need everyone else on that note on that wonderful piece of advice i'm going to end it because that is exactly what i think we both believe 100 percent. mic drop boom (laughs) 